listen closely to Adrian Rogers' timely words about the spiritual state of our families. I'm telling you, we are at war. There is a war on the family, perhaps more than any other war, more insidious than the terrorism and other things that we face. I want to say again, this church is no stronger than its families. This nation is no stronger than its families. Matthew 19, verse 6, God says, Wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Now, folks, God has joined us together. And where there is God, there is hope. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the dynamic teaching and biblical lessons of Adrian Rogers. As we just heard from Pastor Rogers, it is time that we come back to the Word of God and seek family revival. In part one of today's message, we learned that God has designed marriage to meet the deepest needs of humankind. And because God designed the family, Satan wants to destroy the family. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 19 as Adrian Rogers shares part two of Family Revival. Now, the three basic things I want to lay on your heart this morning. Number one, God has designed the family. Not some social engineer. It did not rise from the swamps of immorality and evolution. God has designed the family. Look in verses 4 and 5. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. God established monogamous marriage to meet the deepest needs of humankind, emotional, physical, and psychological, and spiritual. And God had something in mind when He planned the family. Now, God has designed the family, so it follows as night follows day that Satan wants to destroy your family. Look, if you will, in chapter 19 and verse 7. And they said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, that word means sexual uncleanness, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. Now listen to me, folks. God says that marriage is to be a permanent union. But the devil has leveled all of the artillery of hell against the home, and he wants to break up your home. Now there's some today who say, well, I'm going to get a divorce. I've got a good reason for getting a divorce. They say, you know, and I've heard this too many times, the love has gone out of our marriage. Friend, that will not pass by the judgment of God that the love has gone out of your marriage. You see, it is not love that holds your marriage together. It is marriage that sustains your love. And love is not some emotion that you feel. It is a choice of the will. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 25, Husbands, love your wives. That's not a suggestion. That is a command. What kind of a God would command me to do something I cannot do? Suppose God tells me, Adrian, jump over this church building. I can't jump over this church building. Therefore, God would not command me to do it unless somehow He enabled me to do it. And when the Bible says that uh, husbands are to love their wives, 
That is a command from God, and behind every command of God is the omnipotent power of God to carry out that command. What happened when you were dating? Uh, you had your little shopping list. You were looking around. You said, I want somebody good-looking or beautiful. I want somebody who thinks I'm funny. I want somebody with a good personality. I want somebody that has uh, certain physical attributes and maybe perhaps certain intellectual gifts. Somebody who can make me feel good. And so the time comes when you finally say to that young lady or that young man, I love you. That may be true, but more likely in today's society it is, I want you. I want you because you meet a particular need in my life. And uh, that kind of love is not the love that God is talking about that binds husbands and wives together. As a matter of fact, that kind of love is a very conditional love. And if those are the reasons uh, that you got married because of somebody's charm or somebody's uh, beauty or somebody's uh, wit, uh, then your, your marriage is in danger. It's going to bring three attitudes in your partner if you married for that kind of a reason. First of all, fear. They're going to be afraid that they cannot keep up the conditions of marriage. They're going to be afraid that somebody else is going to come along that meets those conditions better. Number two, uh, you're going to feel guilt. There's something wrong with me. I did not measure up. Number three, you'll feel finally anger. You'll feel like you have been used. That is conditional love. God's love for us is an unconditional love. And when the Bible says that a husband is to love his wife, God uses the word agape love, which is unconditional love. And it does not depend upon our meeting those conditions. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we know that the husband, the wife, loves the other with an unconditional love, think what that does. You have security in the place of fear. You have uh, peace, which replaces guilt. You have joy, which is going to replace that anger. And so uh, don't say that the love is going out of our marriage and therefore we need to separate. It's a lie from hell. Number two, somebody comes up with this excuse. It would be far better for our children if we got a divorce than our children to live in this constant wrangling. Well, sociologists have told us that divorce is seldom if ever a positive factor in the life of a child. If you're talking about what is better for the child, I suggest you go ask the children and see what they think about it. Actually, you get the idea that um, it's better for the children. Really, basically, that is selfishness on your part. You want to do what you want and uh, have what you want to have, and yet you pawn it off as better for the children. And you say, well, the only two alternatives we have to divorce are over here with constant wrangling. Listen to me. There's a third alternative. You get your heart right with God. Stop this wrangling. Don't use some silly excuse for it. The Bible says that we're to live peaceably with all men. Well, a third person will say, well, I owe it to myself to be happy. Oh, you'll hear this over and over again. Friend, you owe it to yourself to keep your word when you made a marriage vow before Almighty God. And by the way, you don't live in isolation. Your happiness is not the only thing uh, that matters. Listen, when you say, I want someone else, so I'm going to be happy. Do you know what you have said? God, I don't care about your commandments. 
Number two, you have defrauded your uh, partner that you made a holy vow to. Number, number three, you have dishonored yourself because you now have broken that vow and you have wounded your children. Another wrote this word. I want you to listen. A man who breaks up his home by adultery is telling his child, your mother is not worth much and your father is a liar and a cheat. Furthermore, honor is not nearly as important as pleasure. In fact, my child, my own satisfaction is more important than you. Don't tell me that you are going to get a divorce uh, because it would be better for the children. Now, there are others who say, well, I prayed about it, and God has told me to get a divorce. Oh, yes? You think that God has uh, changed his laws just for you, that you are a special exception? No, listen. People who get divorces and people who don't get divorces normally have about the same kind of problems. It's how people react to those problems. There are no problems too big to solve, just people too small to solve them. We can solve the problem if we will attack the problem rather than one another. Now, if you've got a bad marriage, one sermon is not going to change your marriage. And your marriage will not be healed overnight. But I tell you what you can do in this one service. You can change the direction of your marriage. Change the direction and you can begin to grow a marriage as God wants it to be. You can make that decision. What a tragedy it is when 10% of the marriage is in trouble and the other 90% goes down the drain because people are not mature enough to do what God wants them to do. Now listen, God has designed the family. Satan wants to destroy the family. Thirdly, you must defend your family. Again, I'm telling you, we are at war. There is a war on the family, perhaps more than any other war, more insidious than the terrorism and other things that we face. I want to say again, this church is no stronger than its families. This nation is no stronger than its families. Matthew 19, verse 6, God says, Wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Now, folks, God has joined us together. And where there is God, there is hope. Now, perhaps you failed. You say, Pastor Rogers, oh, the message today is making me feel guilty. Our home is broken, broken beyond repair. Uh, we've, we've divorced and gotten remarried. What should we do? Make the best of that marriage, though it was not God's original will. You cannot unscramble eggs. And I want you to understand that God is a God of mercy. There are those who are self-righteous people who want to make divorce an unpardonable sin. They want to make divorce a dead-end road. And uh, yet God's Word teaches that if we have failed, we can be forgiven. And forgiveness is always available. And listen, if your home has been broken, whether it's your fault or somebody else's fault, I'm telling you that is not the end for you. Uh, God has a way for you. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Don't you let the devil condemn you over this. Uh, 1 John 1, 7 says, If we confess our sin, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. If your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And people who are self-righteous looking down upon others who have failed, you need to understand that you failed also. Who are you to judge someone else? And the church is not supposed to be so much a showcase for saints as it is a hospital for sinners. And if you have a need, we ought to be here. There were people who wanted to stone a woman because she was taken in adultery. And you remember the story. John chapter 8, verse 7. And so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Now anybody in this congregation uh, sinless? Of course not. Therefore, don't you look down your long nose at somebody who has suffered a broken home. They need your love. They need your compassion. They don't need your condemnation. Now, Jesus, in this same chapter, in John 8, verse 10 says, And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And he said unto her, Listen, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, I ask you a question. What would God do with a repentant sinner today who has a broken home? How would Jesus treat them? He would treat them exactly the same way because the Lord changes not. He says that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, sure, Divorce is wrong. If you think I'm minimizing divorce this morning or marital infidelity, you, you're dead wrong. We will never, as a church, lower the bar. We will teach what God's Word teaches, that marriage is a union where people leave, cleave, and become one flesh. That is God's plan. We will build at the top of a cliff a fence, a wall, as high, as strong as we can do it, and we will teach our young people clearly and plainly, with no equivocation, no stutter, no stammer, what the Bible says about marriage. We will build that wall there at the top of the cliff. But ladies and gentlemen, we also need an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. We also need to minister to those who have failed in some way. And uh, we are to defend our homes. Now, if the devil, God has designed it, the devil wants to destroy it, then it's up to you clearly and plainly, to defend the home. Now, how can you defend your home? Number one, if you are already married, make Jesus Christ the head, the center, the nucleus of your home. Now, Jesus, your home is like a wheel, and Jesus is the hub. And the closer the members of that, uh, uh, the spokes in that wheel come to the hub, the closer they are to one another. And let me tell you this. If you will make your home, put Christ in the center of your home, that will be in this day and in this age perhaps the greatest testimony you can possibly give. I have many people tell me, Pastor, uh, thank you for modeling the home. I'm not even conscious of that. It's something right that we ought to do. But I have had perhaps more people say that than say I heard your sermon. I'm telling you, your greatest testimony, if you are saved 
with a Christian home may be your home. Now, number, number two, uh, make sure that Christ is the head of your home. Number two, continue to feed that love day by day. Now, some people get the idea that love, true love is like a dazzling diamond, something that we find, something that we purchase, something that we keep, something that we enjoy, a diamond is forever. But no, that's not what love is. Love is not like a diamond. Love is like a flower, a beautiful flower. And it must be nurtured. It must be cultivated. It must be cared for day by day, like a tender flower that gets more and more beautiful. And if you don't love your wife more today than you did some years ago, you probably love her less. Now, I want to say a word to you men. Never flirt with another woman, even in jest. Never cease to flirt with your own wife. Remember how you used to treat her when you first got married? You go around and open the door of the car for her? Now, if a man opens the car door, one of two things is true. Either the car is new or the wife is new. I cultivate that love and never flirt with another. And if you are married and have a Christian home, make it a testimony to the world. Now next, if your home is broken, ask God for forgiveness. If it was not your fault, deal with that bitterness and get rid of it. You're not going to make it any better with bitterness. And if you are unmarried, you college students, listen to your pastor. Marry only in the Lord. Never, never, no, never, ever marry an unsafe person with the idea that you can lead that person to Christ. You're asking for trouble. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. An unbeliever is a child of the devil. If you marry a child of the devil, you get the devil for a father-in-law. You marry only in the Lord. Do not marry a person in order to change them. By the way, you say, how am I going to find the right person? Well, to find the right person is to be the right person. And there's somebody else out there that's looking for you, just like you are looking for them. And trust the Lord in this and be patient. Now. If you want your marriage to last, remember what the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes. A threefold cord is not easily broken. One strand can be broken, two strands can be broken, but three strands together give strength. What is a threefold cord? It is a man, a woman, and Jesus Christ. Question. Those of you who are married and have good marriages, those of you who have marriages that are on the rocks, those of you who've had a broken home, are you willing to come to Jesus today and say, Lord God, I want revival in my home. There can't be revival in my home unless there's revival in me. And there cannot be revival in uh, the church unless there's revival in the home. And there cannot be revival in the nation unless there is revival in our families. Oh God, Start a revival and let it begin with me. There are three homes that God wants you to have. 
God wants you to have a heavenly home. Are you headed there? Are you saved? Bound for glory? Are you? Do you know that you're saved? God wants you to have a heavenly home. God wants you to have a family home. And God wants you to have a church home. And Jesus is the key to all three. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Would you pray for your home, for your family? If you're single, for the home that you hope to have? Did you know that you can pray for your partner even when you don't even know their name because God knows their name? If you've not yet been married? If you fail, remember that failure is not final. That divorce is not an unpardonable sin. Ah, that God has a future for you. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That's not to minimize divorce. It's to maximize grace. And we need to understand that. Friend, would you ask God to take your home and make it a testimony to your neighbors, to others round about you? Let your home be a cameo of God's love and God's faithfulness. Father God, oh God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll bless our homes and may there be revival in the home. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've never ever really received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, would you pray a prayer like this? Dear God, I need you. I want you. I need to be saved. I need my sin forgiven. I need your power in my life. I want a home in heaven. Jesus, you died to save me, and you promised to save me. If I would only trust you, I do trust you, Jesus. Tell him that right now, privately but fervently. I do trust you, Jesus. Come into my life now, right now, this moment. Come in. Take control of my life. I trust you to do it. Now, friend, you don't have to have an emotional feeling for that to happen. You don't have to have a vision for that to happen, a sign. Stand on his word. Lord, come into my life. I trust you to do it. Thank you for doing it. Thank you, Jesus. Now, dear Lord Jesus, help me not to be ashamed of you. Help me to make this public, to show that I really mean business. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've prayed to receive Jesus Christ just now, let us celebrate with you. Go to our Find God's Love page at the website, and you'll see more insights about your newfound faith. There's also an opportunity there to take the next steps in your walk with Christ. Go to lwf.org forward slash radio and click on the tab that says Find God's Love. Welcome to His Forever Family. We can't wait to hear from you today. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message in its entirety, call us at 1-877-LOVE-GOD and mention the title, Family Revival. You can also order online at the website, lwf.org forward slash radio, or write to us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. Is Jesus Christ the head of your home? Are you feeding your love and asking for forgiveness? Seek the Lord today and pray for a family revival. Let it begin with you. And join us next time for more from Adrian Rogers right here 
on Love Worth Finding. We love reading these encouraging words from a listener who shared this. I was traveling, listening to Adrian Rogers on the radio. He talked about a God of second chances. I listened while he explained how much God loved me and how much I needed a savior. When the time came, I stopped what I was doing and I asked Jesus to save me. Isn't that great news? We are overjoyed to read that type of testimony every time it comes in. And we want to welcome you, friend, into the family of God. Here at Love Worth Finding, we are passionate about helping believers cultivate a vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. And to thank you for your support that helps us do that each day, we want to send you our marriage and family booklet collection. Request it when you call with a gift at one love god or give online at lwf.org forward slash radio. 